Hello and welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. It's great to have your company. This is episode number 26 coming to you from the Good Source Studios in Brisbane. I'm really pleased that you've taken the time to be with me tonight. I'm doing this show because I want to provide uh, some greater context to some of the fake news that we get to peel back on some of the misinformation and to help us certify our sanity as conservative people who know in our guts that not everything we're hearing in the media is right. I'm going to talk about uh, the pro-life issues uh, again tonight. I know that's often a focus of my show, but there's been some developments in South Australia that I want to uh, keep you abreast of and also in South Dakota, some reasons for hope there. I'm also going to talk about someone that I had the privilege of getting to know during my time at Australian Christian Lobby, and that is Kevin Andrews. You might have seen in the news that he was not successful in his pre-selection for his seat of Menzies in Melbourne to contest the next election. He'll be a great loss to the parliament, and I've got a few things to say about that later in the show. But first, I want to go to the situation in Victoria with a bill before the parliament. Now, A statesman not known for hyperbole has identified what he calls the biggest threat to our democratic freedoms in Australia's entire legislative history. Now, that's a massive claim and the weight of it should be allowed to sink in. Former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson, one of the most respected people in Australian public life, made that statement in a tweet last month. And I'm going to put that on the screen for those who are listening on the podcast. Um, You'll just have to take our word for it. But uh, John Anderson is saying that this bill is the greatest threat to our freedom. It's the greatest threat ever legislated by an Australian parliament. Now, his tweet has been completely ignored. No surprises there by the mainstream media. Anderson is referring to this bill to be debated in the Victorian Upper House this week. The Daniel Andrews Labor government is seeking to ban what it calls conversion therapy. But in the process, Andrews seeks to further criminalise freedom of speech and freedom of religion. He will even jail anyone who prays for someone who requests prayer for gender confusion. Yes, you heard that right. If someone asks for prayer for unwanted gender confusion or unwanted same-sex attraction, the person who responds to the request could be fined up to $200,000 or jailed for 10 years. Uh, This is Australia, folks. Hard to believe. Even parents who gently counsel their child against radical, experimental and irreversible gender treatments will be criminalised. Such is the power of the small but radical LGBTIQA plus political movement. Now, What we've seen here is that this agenda has become so radical that there's even some lesbians, gays and bisexuals who are pulling away from the transgender movement. I want to show you uh, a letter uh, that I saw tweeted uh, today by Bernard Lane, who writes for The Australian and is very um, aware of the dangers of this gender stuff. But he tweeted this statement from the LGBT from the LGBT. Alliance, lesbian, gay, bisexual. You notice they've dropped the T, the transgender. Now, this is um, uh, some unlikely but sensible allies to those of us who have been concerned about this radical agenda for children. The LGB Alliance says, we believe that biological sex is observed in the womb and or at birth and not assigned. So the, the presupposition behind Daniel Andrews' bill uh, is that gender is something which evil doctors and midwives, what would they know when they see the genitalia of a newborn baby? But they're assigning the gender. 
And uh, Daniel Andrews' uh, gender suppression gay conversion bill is designed to stop anyone in any way suggesting to a child that they might be a boy or a girl. But the LGB Alliance, they're on our side here. They're saying that Daniel Andrews' legislation is confusing and dangerous to children and can have harmful lifelong consequences. Thank goodness, finally, for some voices of sense in the uh, gay community. Now, Andrews wants to um, bake this crazy law uh, uh, under the threat of jail. He's baking it in under the threat of jail. Now, Martin Niles of the Australian Christian Lobby has provided some excellent uh, commentary on the detail of this bill, and I'd encourage you to go to ACL's website or Martin's Facebook page, his YouTube channel. Uh, He really steps out the detail uh, in a brilliant, loyally way. He's a lawyer by training. The Change or Suppression Conversion Practices Prohibition Bill 2020 flew through the lower house of the Victorian Parliament uh, just before Christmas. Labor, sadly, has long capitulated to radical LGBTIQA plus politics. But what is beyond comprehension is that the Liberal Party also allowed this to be waved through. I've been told that uh, they were just not present for the debate, but that's, uh, that is also a capitulation. They should have stood up and argued the case against it. If the LGB alliance can argue against it, surely the Liberals, who are supposed to be the party of freedom of speech the Party of Freedom of Religion and the Party of Parental Rights could have stood with the LGB alliance and argued against this terrible legislation. But uh, this bill crushes all of those freedoms for no logical reason. It gives special powers of investigation to the so-called Equal Opportunities Commission to come after people and organisations. And yet it passed with little debate and no political opposition. It's a measure of how scared and spineless Victorian politicians are in the face of the rainbow mouse that roars. Let's hope that when the upper house begins debate this week, that some spines are grown. There is no way a bill like this has the support of mainstream Australia. Yet where are the Victorian politicians willing to stand up for parents who don't want Daniel Andrews putting their son in a dress? Sadly, the numbers in the uh, Victorian Upper House don't uh, favour the defeat of this bill. Uh, That's my assessment. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, And that's even if the Liberals do the right thing. Further analysis can be found at the Human Rights Law Alliance uh, as well as ACL. Uh, Human Rights Law Alliance uh, also happen to be my lawyers in the taxpayer-funded anti-free speech uh, case being waged against me here in Queensland by two LGBTIQA plus activists. Now, the Victorian legislation follows hard on the heels of similar, but not quite as draconian conversion therapy laws that have recently passed in Queensland and the ACT. There's a, a, a trend around Australia, it's also a global trend, to criminalise so-called conversion therapy. And as the LGB Alliance points out, uh, it's conversion one way. You can convert a child from being a boy to being a girl, but you can't encourage a child to be happy with that child's natal development. Uh, The hypocrisy is unbelievable. Uh, That's why John Anderson says this is the biggest threat uh, to freedom uh, ever in Australia's legislative history. Now, emboldened by their win in the 2017 same-sex marriage plebiscite, the radical rainbow activists are stepping up their war on freedom and biology. When someone like John Anderson says this is the biggest threat to democratic freedoms in our history, we should take notice.
Well, turning now to South Australia, um, it's it's such a shame that the South Australian Liberal Party, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a supporter of the Liberal Party, but down there in South Australia, they're treating an abortion to birth bill as if it were essentially a government initiative. Technically, it's a private member's bill put forward by the Liberals' Human Services Minister, Michelle Lensick, but the Marshall government, the, the government of Stephen Marshall, is shepherding it through giving it government time and resources. This is just extraordinary. So Robert Menzies, the founder of the Liberal Party and a strong advocate of the natural family and protecting it, would be turning in his grave if he knew what the Liberals were doing to his party today. But not all, uh, but thankfully, not all South Australian Liberals have lost the plot. Senator Alex Antich has appealed to his colleagues in a letter to drop the bill, rightly saying it was brutal. He said that the Liberal Party, which I know, is not the radical left. Sadly, they didn't listen to Senator Antich. Meanwhile, mainstream media uh, was up in arms uh, recently uh, about a pro-life sign outside an Adelaide Catholic church. And it's there on the screen for those who are watching or listening to the, the podcast. Um, it's it's an image of uh, a fetus and uh, it talks about um, that this baby can be killed to birth under this legislation, and it's quite true. For all the huffing and puffing about how inappropriate and misleading it was, uh, according to the media, no argument was ever put forward as to why the sign was inappropriate and misleading. They just assert that. The sad reality is the sign is 100% truthful. When people can't engage in a rational argument, they resort to emotion and euphemisms. But none of this explains why a baby such as the one pictured should have his or life taken. The abortion to birth bill will be debated uh, this week. The Australian Christian Lobby has uh, more excellent information, including what South Australian uh, residents can do to push back. And you can go to their website uh, to see that. It's on the screen now. The Liberal National Party here in Queensland, thankfully, is overwhelmingly pro-woman and pro-life. Just three of its state MPs voted for Labor's abortion to birth bill when it passed the parliament here back in 2018. The LNP here even took a policy to last October's election to review uh, Labor's abortion to birth uh, bill, a legislation act. Um, And this is the first step uh, forward in human rights policy for the unborn taken to an election by a major political party. So it was a big step. Unfortunately, the LNP didn't fare well at the election. But uh, had they have done so, there would have been some serious review. Now, it's important that South Australians don't lose hope uh, in the Liberals and they get behind people like Senator Antich, uh, the voice of reason down there. Look, while that's uh, bad news in South Australia, there's been some great news in the state of South Dakota in America. Uh, There, the Republican governor, Christy Noom, um, she is a superstar. She has put forward a bill at the start of this year into her state legislature to ban aborting uh, babies that have an extra chromosome, babies that are diagnosed with Down syndrome. Now, many of you will know that uh, a few years ago, the country of Iceland uh, boasted that they had eradicated Down syndrome in the country uh, of Iceland. Now, that might sound like a a wonderful medical breakthrough, but the reality is uh, it it isn't. Um, The reality is what Iceland meant is that they have eradicated all people with Down syndrome. Uh, And that means the people that 
were diagnosed with Down syndrome in the mother's womb uh, are pretty much all aborted, 100% of them, therefore achieving that eradication. Now, Senator, uh, sorry, um, Governor Christy Noom in South Dakota has a different approach to this, and she's saying just because you have an extra chromosome doesn't mean that you shouldn't be afforded uh, the rights under the US Constitution for uh, the right to life. And so she's put forward this legislation. Uh, she's expecting her uh, colleagues in the South Dakota legislature to, to vote this in. We'll keep you up to date on that. But I just wanted to bring that to you because it just shows that with some will and some courage, uh, this pro-death agenda that has been sweeping the globe uh, for decades now can be pushed back on. And uh, I hope that uh, Christy Noom's example will embolden other politicians right around the world, and particularly here in Australia, uh, to put forward bills such as this, which affirm the right to life, starting with uh, the disabled uh, who are just routinely killed because of their disability. Well, back to Australia, and uh, I mentioned at the start of the show Kevin Andrews, uh, a great statesman, and I'm going to call him a statesman. He's been in the parliament for uh, 30 years. Um, he's from uh, Melbourne. And uh, over the weekend, uh, his pre-selection for his seat of Menzies was, was held. And sadly, um, he didn't win that pre-selection. But in the media reporting, it was um, said that there was a hard right flank of the Liberal Party that had been defeated. Journalist Richard Ferguson's coverage of Kevin Andrews' uh, disendorsement by party members um, sought to give him and his supporters this pejorative kick on the way out. Instead of reporting the news, Ferguson seemingly wanted readers to believe that Andrews was part of some toxic, nefarious grouping within the Liberal Party of Victoria. Now, I've never seen a journalist describe moderates or the progressives as hard left. They describe them as moderates and progressives, because who doesn't want to be that? Before unpacking what this term means, it's worth noting that within 24 hours of Ferguson's story going live on the website, the phrase hard right flank had been replaced in the Australian's coverage by the phrase conservative wing. Same URL, but the story had been updated with Ferguson's knife twist scrubbed. Perhaps the Australian doesn't employ sub-editors on Sunday, allowing reporters with an axe to grind to grind with impunity. While it's great to see younger people coming through the ranks of political parties and the weekend's uh, winner of the pre-selection battle, Keith Woolahan, looks to be a stellar candidate, at, at 65 years of age, Andrew's desire to serve one more term was certainly not unreasonable. Parties do need a blend of wise heads and youth. Despite being a hate figure of the progressives, and again, I'll come back to that terminology, Andrews is a formidable intellect and a policy expert. He served as Immigration Minister under John Howard and as Social Services and Defence Minister under Tony Abbott. As the longest serving member of the House of Representatives, uh, he has the honour of being the father of the House. Now, that's quite a tradi tradition in our parliamentary system. The left is dancing on his political grave this week because he is a Conservative. Even before cancel culture became a thing, Kevin Andrews was being demonised by the progressive left. In 1996, as a relatively new parliamentarian, he courageously and thoughtfully led the campaign to overturn the Northern Territory's radical euthanasia laws. The so-called right, Rights of the Terminally Ill Act had resulted in several killings of people who were not terminally ill. But evidence doesn't matter to the progressive left, even when it harms people. 
Andrews never shirked his advocacy for the natural family as being the gold standard to which civil society should aspire. Without ever casting judgment on people for making other choices, he simply put forward the facts from social science and suggested public policy should incentivise what we know works best for children. His 2012 book, Maybe I Do, Modern Marriage and the Pursuit of Happiness, was lampooned by progressives, but no one ever said why the science he presented was wrong. Demonise, never debate, is the moderate's way. Doesn't sound very moderate or progressive to me. It was no surprise when Andrews became one of the leading parliamentary voices of the No campaign in the fight to preserve the definition of marriage back in 2017. He spoke at many of our Coalition for Marriage rallies and for his trouble is today being derided by progressives as a homophobe. That's identity politics for you folks. If you have a policy disagreement with someone on the left, you must have an irrational and bigoted phobia. If only Australians had listened to the likes of Andrews, the degendering of marriage certainly hasn't been progressive or moderate in its consequences. Freedom of speech and Christianity is about to be further criminalised in Victoria, as we said during the show. And Joe Biden has decreed the death of women's sport in the name of LGBTIQA plus equality. And this is with his transgender um, mandate for schools uh, sport in America. The longer the rainbow political march, it's Andrews who is looking like the true progressive. Perhaps now you can see why Ferguson wanted to use the phrase hard right flank to describe Andrews and his supporters. It obscures the truth about what, is, what he actually stands for. The sooner this deceptive cancel culture word game is up, the better. As former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson keeps saying, you can't get good public policy from bad debate. Kevin Andrews will be missed in the Parliament. I'm sure he'll continue to be an asset to the Conservative cause. No political party needs a hard right flank. It certainly doesn't need a hard left one either. But a Conservative wing that stands for free, respectful and evidence-based debate is essential. Well, folks, that's just about it for the Lyle Shelton Show this week. But I just want to, before I finish, mention the first couple of weeks of Joe Biden's presidency. He's passed or signed into law some 46-odd executive orders. These are decrees essentially that a president has under their constitution. It means he doesn't have to go through Congress. But um, two of those orders, uh, well, many of them have been quite egregious, but uh, one is to undo um, President Trump's ban on US foreign aid money going to uh, abortion to pay for the killing of the babies of unborn, uh, the, the unborn babies of women in poor countries. Uh, Biden will now spend $9 billion of US taxpayers' money on abortion uh, in developing countries. That's a terrible executive order. Um, the other executive order that he signed, uh, as I mentioned earlier, alluded to, was to mandate that high schools in America allow biological males to compete with girls in high school sports. As Senator Claire Chandler pointed out this week, this will be the death knell of women's sport. 
Uh, as she also pointed out, what will this mean for the Olympics and for the World Championships? Often this sort of talent is developed in high school and then goes on from there. Uh, are we going to see biological males more and more competing at elite level? Uh, and, and why, you know, this is something which is going to be completely unfair for biological women who can't compete with men with a stronger bone and muscle structure. Uh, well done, Joe Biden, in your first couple of weeks of the presidency. So much for the call for unity and harmony uh, for the Democrats and for the radical left. Unity is they win the culture wars and everyone else must just go along with it, no matter how ridiculous and how radical it is. Well, on that uh, note, and uh, it is a bit of a despondent note, but uh, that's all for this week on The Lyle Shelton Show. Don't forget to uh, get a copy of my book, um, I Kid You Not, Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture War. It's available from lyleshelton.com.au. Don't forget also to get your tickets to the Church and State Summit. Go to Church and State, uh, Google that, and you'll be able to get your tickets there. Cardinal George Pell will be speaking live from the Vatican via video link, uh, and there's many other great Australian speakers lined up for that weekend. I'm looking forward to being there, and I hope to see you there and that we can say g'day. So thanks again for tuning in, and until next week, God bless. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news, good, S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.